0: Occasionally on TV, like the History Channel, there'll be those kind of filler show, shows during the day or late at night, early in the morning, and that might be something on religion or the Bible. and Usually will have some dramatic title, like The Lost Books of the Bible or The Missing Gospel, trying to prove kind of some controversy or drive up some kind of conspiracy theory. Just to let you know that there's actually a great book on all the things left out of the Bible called The Other Bible, you can actually buy it at Amazon. It's a really fun read, actually, and you actually read some of the stuff online for free. It's not really a big conspiracy. In fact, when you read some of those stories, you get to see kind of different kind of versions and additions, and you can see why sometimes stuff didn't make it in. One of the versions of the Genesis story, for instance, there's a scene where kind of God has a dialogue with creation, with, with nature itself, with animals and trees, and he kind of reveals his plan to create the human person. To create something with a body and a soul joined together. And basically the nature and the animals, the trees all kind of say, that doesn't make any sense. They kind of understood spiritual things with angels. They kind of got material things, which was themselves. But to combine both didn't make a lot of sense to them. In a sense, that's kind of the struggle that we face as human persons. And as we saw in the Garden of Eden, how quickly we fell in trying to balance this tension of both being a spiritual being, along with the material being. So how do we do it? How do we face this tension? Well, the good news, of course, is Jesus Christ. He has the answer. So he simply tells us, sell everything you have and follow after him. Problem solved. That was kind of a joke. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit more complicated than that, to say the least. And if we listen carefully to that encounter with the rich young man and Jesus, it's very much very much the same decisions we face every day of our lives. But sometimes it's also important to not just, of course, just listen to what Jesus is saying, but also how he's saying it and the scriptures that go along with it. We hear today that Jesus looks at him, loved him. Like Jesus knew, of course, this was a good young man. He knew, indeed, this man was very true in what he said, that he was trying to follow the right way, and he loved him for that and that regardless of the young man's response, Jesus would continue loving him, which was in a sense very much tough love, to say the least. That's the good news today presented to us gathered here 2,000 years later. No matter how well we do with this decision, and some days we do better than others, God still loves us. Jesus loves us so much, and we have to To the best of our ability, know that and take that deep within our hearts as we continue to make good decisions about our spiritual lives, but also the material things that we're presented with all the time. And the good news is, of course, Jesus Christ doesn't leave us alone in this decision-making. He's given us the sacraments, his church, each other, our families, and, of course, the saints as well. In fact, one of my favorite saints, St. Gregory the Great, once remarked about this passage. He wrote and said, "'Be not anxious about what you have.'" but about what you are. Don't be anxious about the things that you have, but about who you are. He later went on to say, make use of temporal things, but also set your heart on eternal things. So yes, we, we are called, especially as stewards of creation, to use material reality to the best of our ability. but also trying to do that with our purpose of what our final goal is. And St. Gregory the Great provides a great example for that, but because that's how he lived out his own life. He grew up at kind of the end of the fall of the Roman Empire. He grew up in a very, very wealthy family, one of the richest families of his time. And he renounced all that. He became a Benedictine monk. He gave up all his wealth and became quite poor. But because he's such a holy man that they literally brought him back to Rome to fix the worldly problems that they were encountering at this time. Bandits and Attila the Hun, all these things. He found it so hard to be focused on God when he's so much focused on these daily things. He managed to get a certain degree of balance and even managed to go back to the monastery before they made him pope. And from there, it got even worse at times. He would constantly get dragged into earthly discussions, gossip, all the scandals that were going on at that time, all the difficulties that you would face leading any organization, let alone a religious one. But he always came back to that quote of being anxious about the things that really mattered anxious about who he was and what he was being called to be, that he could always use these temporal things to help build up the body of Christ. That's the same thing that we face every day of our lives when we're faced with the distractions of our possessions, all the promises that the world has to offer us, science, technology, education, which are good things. But we need something deeper to take care of our real needs. But St. Gregory would always try to respond to that that loving gaze of Jesus Christ, that he knew that Christ loved him, And that if you could focus on that, you continue to grow and focus on the things that really matter, not just simply possessing things, even if it meant possessing on an image of God that wasn't helpful. That's why one scripture scholar, when writing about this famous passage of the rich young man, in a sense, us, he talks about that rich young man. And the rich young man, in a sense, kind of conceives of eternal life as something you can just simply possess. It's something you just acquire through nature, that it's just something that you need to have. The young man didn't really fully understand that he cannot embrace Jesus Christ and embrace that invitation without giving himself away, to give himself away to someone else, namely God. He can only conceive of success in terms of having, not necessarily of belonging or being. And that's the great gift that we've been presented with here today. Christ is given to us. We don't simply take it or snatch it away. It's presented to us, and we respond with faith and take Jesus deep within our hearts. That's what St. Gregory the Great understood. He found that peace in receiving and giving away what he could. That he found much more peace in belonging to something greater than himself than necessarily possessing the wealth that he had in his own family, or even the wealth that the church had at that point, which necessarily wasn't a ton, but even the possession of the Roman Empire was something. That he recognized by giving it away, by becoming the servant of the servants, by serving those in need, then he could truly have peace and truly belong to something that matters by giving it all away. That's the mission, in a sense, being placed in front of us every day of our lives, that we can find real authentic success by belonging more deeply to our families, to our real relationships, and hopefully ultimately to our church and relationship with God. That's what God's seeking, and in a sense, hopefully that's what's drawn us here today. Not what we can take away, but what we can truly receive in our hearts to the best of our ability. That's the great beauty. And that's what Jesus is doing when he looks upon the young man with love and looks upon us as well. That hopefully in that look we can start recalling who we are and who we're being called to be. So my brothers and sisters, we're not just simply bodies. We're not just simply souls. We're not simply, hopefully, anxious about things, but truly concerned about our real relationships with each other and with God. And if we find ourselves being more worried about things and don't think we can actually change that behavior, then you have to listen again to what Jesus Christ says. He says all things are possible for God. All things. If we're willing to allow Jesus' loving gaze to fall upon us, if you have the courage to hear his voice calling us to fall after him, that truly it is possible to leave some of those material things behind, to strive after those things that truly belong to eternal life. That's our hope, and that's our faith. So this weekend, and especially in this Mass, we have a great opportunity to receive the great gift of God's love, to be filled up with that love as we heard sung the responsible song, that we can leave this Mass with great joy, knowing that we're a little bit closer to heaven, a little bit closer to that reality we're being called to live and experience. In this Mass, we can receive the good news and to receive great news of all the great things God has in store for us, both in this life and life to come. So let us with great faith, hope, and love embrace Jesus Christ. Let's truly belong to his family and continue to receive him to the best of our ability. And when we leave here, we can truly glorify the Lord by our own lives of faith. Amen.